0: Merry Christmas, MBC. Please join me in prayer. Almighty God, those who rule Lord over their subjects and great ones exercise authority over them, but on this Christmas Eve and every Christmas Eve, we are reminded that it was never that way with you. You who hold the depths of the earth and whose hands form the dry land, you to whom belongs the mountain peaks and the far reaches of the sea, you the maker of all things and to whom belongs all glory and praise, the source of everything became as if nothing, pouring all eternity and might into one human life, and in the unremarkable was manifested your power. Power that came not to destroy but to heal, not to rule but to serve, that chooses mangers over thrones. Power that is revealed not in divine grasping, but put on display by a God emptying that which is due to him so that the world he loves can be made new again. Tonight, we celebrate this power. Your power that by faith we proclaim is still at work in our midst today. And so even if this year, even the last two years has given us every reason to doubt and to fear, in this your people will still have hope. You are still the God of Tamar, who puts rights to wrongs. You are still the God of Rahab, lover of the stranger. You are still the God of Ruth, our kin and redeemer. You are still the God of Bathsheba, who turns mourning into joy. And you are still the God of Mary, who brings the powerful down from their thrones, but lifts up the lowly. So let the just rejoice tonight, for their justifier is born. Let the sick rejoice for their healer is born. Let the captives rejoice for their liberator is born. Let the hungry rejoice for their provider is born. Let all people rejoice for Jesus Christ is born. And what you have started in him, you will not stop until you are finished, Lord. So we will rejoice on this holy night, knowing that the true gifts of Christmas are not wrapped under a tree, but contained in the certainties of these promises that violence will have its end, every chain will be broken, all oppressions shall cease, and death will be just a memory. For Jesus lives, Jesus reigns, and he will surely come again. Blessed are you, Lord, the God who is with us and who will never forsake us. It's in your name, the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen.
1: to find a place, guide us with your grace, give us faith so we'll be safe. feed us to find a place, guide us with your
2: Again for Brendan and Rob, wow! And I offered. I said, "Rob, are you sure you want to tap? I'll take it. I got the Italians in my blood, man." He said, "I'm good, Pastor Pete." And then he said, "Stay in your lane." Yeah, yeah. I needed a little dose of humility there. That was beautiful, beautiful gift, wasn't it? And we do have different gifts and skills, but the same goal. Rob sings, and Brenda, and our whole team leads us in singing, uh, worship to God, and we have the opportunity to hear Joe. Thank you, Joe, for your prayer, and, and may that be our prayer, the depth and the richness of that. On Christmas, we sing Christmas carols, and it brings the music and the message. They merge together in retelling the story Of our Savior's birth. Christmas carols. I'm not talking about holiday music. We all love and get pretty tired of Christmas or holiday music, but I'm talking about real Christmas carols, hymns. They they enable us to express joy and awe and wonder. They're meant to grow our faith. And that's what I'd like to try to do just for the next few moments of your attention and yours at home, and welcome those of you watching from afar singing carols together reminds us that our God in his love and mercy and grace sent his son to earth on a rescue mission. And just as that first Christmas was filled with with both singing and announcing news, Christians through the centuries have celebrated the Messiah's advent and witnessed to the gospel through song. And so we have here the first worship In song, at Christmas, the the choir, the first Christmas choir, was made up of angels. Here's the text uh, that the rites read from Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, that's singing, and saying, that's the messaging, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Here the angels sing, O night divine, O night divine, when Christ was born, the first joining together of a Christmas choir, the angels sang of good news of great joy, divine love arriving to planet earth. And anyone who responds to this news in faith, just in trust, in believing Jesus has truly proved himself to be who he says he is, can join in that new life and into that song and into the wonder of God's love. Do I know what the oldest Christmas carol is that was ever sung in church? Venture to guess what the oldest Christmas carol ever sung in church history? I'll give you a couple of hints. It's older than "O Holy Night," that was written in eighteen. 18- 47. The prayer that they just sang was written in 1999, so that's definitely not even on those. Although some of you weren't even born in 1999. But Oh Holy Night, 1847. How about older than that? Silent Night, Silent Night, written by Franz Gruber. Uh, little uh, fun factoid: Franz Gruber is the name of the villain from the best holiday movie of all time, Die Hard. Okay, 1818, 18. So we got a couple hundred years but still older. 1744, we get, O come all ye faithful. 1719, Isaac Watts writes, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Can we go older than that? Any guesses? Any guesses at home? Oh, I bet someone's smart out there. They're saying, How about O come Emmanuel? Huh? Yeah? Nope pretty old that was written in the 13th century in latin but there's still one older than that a christmas carol sung in the church way back in the 60s i'm talking the original 60s 60 a.d it's called carmen Christi, the hymn to christ and it is the oldest christmas carol a creed sung by the early church and recorded by the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church in Philippi, which is a place uh, still can be visited, but it was a church in ancient Greece. The Apostle Paul included in his letter to inspire wonder, and the people gathered together. A wonder in what? Wonder at the incarnation, that God became human, that God put on flesh and to help grow people's faith in Jesus, who is a supreme example of humble, selfless service. Paul had a point to his letter. It was the first thing we studied together when I first arrived here four years ago, the the letter to the church in Philippi, a letter that's all about joy. Paul ties the experience of joy to the act of following Christ and serving other people. Because you see, for Paul... The story Jesus provides is the greatest example of what humility looks like when it's embodied in life. And he found the Christmas story told the most powerfully succinct first ever Christmas hymn. And so he, he included it in his letter. Here it is. Uh, would you like me to sing it? No. You see, uh, the stage is clear. Uh, next time. Okay. Verse 5, this sets it up. He says, you, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And then he begins. And in your, in your own Bibles, if you have your Bible or your, on your app, you'll see it's written in poetic form because it was a carol. Here it is. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. He was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God the Father elevated Jesus to the place of the highest honor, gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Many religions value humility. A sense that, sort of, check ourselves, right? Know your lane, your place in the world. Put others before yourself. Many religions value that type of modesty and view of oneself. But no other religion worships a humble God. Divinity and humility in our human minds, just don't compute. Yet the Bible claims that God the Son, a son of Mary, humbled himself to serve others, to serve you. Though he was God, fully divine, completely human, he willingly gave up his divine privileges taking the position, I love the translation here, it says of a slave, it doesn't even say servant. A servant can get paid for what they do. A servant can go home after their shift. A slave obeys. He literally had it all, yet left it in heaven to save us. On that night divine in that little town of Bethlehem, Jesus began his life's journey that would culminate 33 years later, climbing a hill outside of Jerusalem to die a criminal's death on a cross for rebels like you and like me. What compelled him? What what motivated him? What, What got him up every day for 33 years, knowing what was coming, knowing who he was serving, knowing that he wanted to honor uh, his Father in heaven, knowing what was coming for him. Indescribable love. That's what motivated him. Indescribable. That's why for 2,000 years, artists and poets of the church have tried to describe the indescribable. Someone that knew Jesus quite well, the beloved disciple, the one that, that was closest to him, wrote this, John fifteen thirteen. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's
0: friends. Merry Christmas, MDC. Please join me in prayer. Almighty God, those who rule Lord over their subjects and great ones exercise authority over them, but on this Christmas Eve and every Christmas Eve, we are reminded that it was never that way with you. You who hold the depths of the earth and whose hands form the dry land. You to whom belongs the mountain peaks and the far reaches of the sea. You, the maker of all things and to whom belongs all glory and praise. The source of everything became as if nothing. Pouring all eternity and might into one human life. And in the unremarkable was manifested your power. Power that came not to destroy, but to heal, not to rule, but to serve, that chooses mangers over thrones. Power that is revealed not in divine grasping, but put on display by a God emptying that which is due to him so that the world he loves can be made new again. tonight we celebrate this power. Your power that by faith we proclaim is still at work in our midst today. And so even if this year, even the last two years, has given us every reason to doubt and to fear, in this your people will still have hope. You are still the God of Tamar who puts rights to wrongs. You are still the God of Rahab, lover of the stranger. You are still the God of Ruth, our kin and redeemer. You are still the God of Bathsheba, who turns mourning into joy. And you are still the God of Mary, who brings the powerful down from their thrones but lifts up the lowly. So let the just rejoice tonight, for their justifier is born. Let the sick rejoice, for their healer is born. Let the captives rejoice, for their liberator is born. Let the hungry rejoice, for their provider is born. Let all people rejoice for Jesus Christ is born, and what you have started in him, you will not stop until you are finished, Lord. So we will rejoice on this holy night, knowing that the true gifts of Christmas are not wrapped under a tree, but contained in the certainties of these promises, that violence will have its end, every chain will be broken, all oppressions shall cease, and death will be just a memory. For Jesus lives, Jesus reigns and he will surely come again. Blessed are you, Lord, the God who is with us and who will never forsake us. It's in your name, the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. christmas mdc please join me in prayer almighty god those who rule lord over their subjects and great ones exercise authority over them but on this christmas eve and every christmas eve we are reminded that it was never that way with you you who hold the depths of the earth and whose hands form the dry land you to whom belongs the mountain peaks and the far reaches of the sea, you the maker of all things and to whom belongs all glory and praise, the source of everything became as if nothing, pouring all eternity and might into one human life and in the unremarkable was manifested your power. Power that came not to destroy but to heal, not to rule but to serve, that chooses mangers over thrones. Power that is revealed not in divine grasping, but put on display by a God emptying that which is due to him so that the world he loves can be made new again. Tonight, we celebrate this power. Your power that by faith we proclaim is still at work in our midst today. And so even if this year, even the last two years has given us every reason to doubt and to fear in this, your people will still have hope you are still the god of tamar who puts rights to wrongs you are still the god of rahab lover of the stranger you are still the god of ruth our kin and redeemer you are still the god of bathsheba who turns mourning into joy and you are still the god of mary who brings the powerful down from their thrones but lifts up the lowly so let the just rejoice tonight for their justifier is born Let the sick rejoice for their healer is born. Let the captives rejoice for their liberator is born. Let the hungry rejoice for their provider is born. Let all people rejoice for Jesus Christ is born. And what you have started in him, you will not stop until you are finished, Lord. So we will rejoice on this holy night, knowing that the true gifts of Christmas are not wrapped under a tree, but contained in the certainties of these promises that violence will have its end, every chain will be broken, all oppressions shall cease, and death will be just a memory. For Jesus lives, Jesus reigns, and he will surely come again. Blessed are you, Lord, the God who is with us and who will never forsake us. It's in your name, the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen.
1: I pray you'll find your light Stars put in your heart Stars go out each night Nella
0: mie preghiera
1: A when shadows fill our day Lead, lead us, us to, a to a place Guide us with your grace Give us faith so, so we'll, we'll be saved, saved. A world oh, where pain and, pain and sorrow That's broken, will be mended And we'll remember We are all God's children Reaching out to touch you Reaching to the sky We ask that life be kind Watch us from afar. Watch us from afar. We hope each soul will come. We hope each soul will find another soul to love. Another soul to love. Let this be our prayer. Let this be our prayer just like every child. Just like every child Need Needs to find, to find a place. place Guide with us with your grace Give us faith so we'll be safe. Feed us to find a place, place. Guide, guide us with, with your
2: Well, can we hear it again for Brendan and Rob? (laughs) Wow. And I offered, I said, Rob, you sure you want to tap that? I'll take it. I got the Italians in my blood, man. He said, I'm good, Pastor Pete. And then he said, stay in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a little dose of humility there. That was beautiful. Beautiful gift, wasn't it? And we do have, different gifts and skills, but the same goal. Rob sings, and Brenda, and our whole team leads us in singing, uh, worship to God, and we have the opportunity to hear Joe. Thank you, Joe, for your prayer, And, and may that be our prayer, the depth and the richness of that. On Christmas, we sing Christmas carols, and it brings the music and the message. They merge together in retelling the story of our Savior's birth, Christmas carols. I'm not talking about holiday music. We all love and get pretty tired of Christmas or holiday music, but I'm talking about real Christmas carols, hymns. They they enable us to express joy and awe and wonder. They're meant to grow our faith. And that's what I'd like to try to do just for the next few moments of your attention and yours at home and welcome those of you watching from afar. Singing carols together reminds us that our God in his love and mercy and grace sent his son to earth on a rescue mission. And just as that first Christmas was filled with, with both singing and announcing news, Christians through the centuries have celebrated the Messiah's advent and witnessed the gospel through song. And so we have here the first worship In song at Christmas, the the choir, the first Christmas choir was made up of angels. Here's the text uh, that the rites read from Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, that's singing, and saying, that's the messaging, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Here the angels sing, O night divine, O night divine, when Christ was born, the first joining together of a Christmas choir. The angels saying of good news of great joy, divine love arriving to planet earth. And anyone who responds to this news in faith, just in trust, in believing Jesus has truly proved himself to be who he says he is, Can join in that new life, and into that song, and into the wonder of God's love. Do I know what the oldest Christmas carol is that was ever sung in church? Venture to guess what the oldest Christmas carol ever sung in church history? I'll give you a couple of hints. It's older than "O Holy Night," that was written in 18. 47. the prayer that they just sang was written in 1999, so that's definitely not even on those. although some of you weren't even born in 1999. But Oh Holy Night, 1847, how about older than that? Silent Night, Silent Night, written by Franz Gruber. Uh, little uh, fun factoid, Franz Gruber is the name of the villain from the best holiday movie of all time, Die Hard. Okay, 1818, 18, so we've got a couple hundred years but still older 1744 we get O come all ye faithful 1719 Isaac Watts writes joy to the world the Lord has come let earth receive her king can we go older than that? any guesses? any guesses at home? oh I bet someone's smart out there they're saying how about O come Emmanuel? huh? yeah? no? no? pretty old that was written in the 13th century in latin but there's still one older than that a christmas carol sung in the church way back in the 60s i'm talking the original 60s 60 a.d it's called carmen Christi*, the hymn to christ and it is the oldest christmas carol a creed sung by the early church and recorded by the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church in Philippi, which is a place uh, still can be visited, but it was a church in ancient Greece. The Apostle Paul included in his letter to inspire wonder, and the people gathered together. A wonder in what? Wonder at the incarnation that God became human, that God put on flesh and to help grow people's faith in Jesus, who is a supreme example of humble, selfless service. Paul had a point to his letter. It was the first thing we studied together when I first arrived here four years ago, the the letter to the church in Philippi, a letter that's all about joy. Paul ties the experience of joy to the act of following Christ and serving other people. Because you see, for Paul... The story Jesus provides is the greatest example of what humility looks like when it's embodied in life. And he found the Christmas story told the most powerfully succinct first ever Christmas hymn. And so he, he included it in his letter. Here it is. Uh, would you like me to sing it? No. You see, the stage is cleared. Ah, uh, Next time. Okay, verse 5, this sets it up. He says, you, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And then he begins. And in your, in your own Bibles, if you have your Bible or your, on your app, you'll see it's written in poetic form because it was a carol. Here it is. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. He was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God the Father elevated Jesus to the place of the highest honor, gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." Many religions value humility. A sense that sort of check ourselves, right? Know your lane or your place in the world. Put others before yourself. Many religions value that type of modesty and view of oneself. But no other religion worships a humble God. Divinity and humility in our human minds, just don't compute. Yet the Bible claims that God the Son, a son of Mary, humbled himself to serve others, to serve you. Though he was God, fully divine, completely human, he willingly gave up his divine privileges taking the position, I love the translation here, it says, of a slave. It doesn't even say servant. A servant can get paid for what they do. A servant can go home after their shift. A slave obeys. He literally had it all, yet left it in heaven to save us. On that night divine in that little town of Bethlehem, Jesus began his life's journey that would culminate 33 years later, climbing a hill outside of Jerusalem to die a criminal's death on a cross for rebels like you and like me. What compelled him? What what motivated him? What, What got him up every day for 33 years, knowing what was coming, knowing who he was serving, knowing that he wanted to honor Uh, His Father in heaven, knowing what was coming for him. Indescribable love. That's what motivated him. Indescribable. That's why for 2,000 years, artists and poets of the church have tried to describe the indescribable. Someone that knew Jesus quite well, the beloved disciple, the one that, that was closest to him, wrote this, John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this: to lay down one's life for one's friends. It means to say there's no more perfect example of self-giving love, of humbly serving others than we see here at Christmas, but the one who left heaven when he could have stayed and stayed on the cross when he could have left. That's the one we worship tonight. And he did it out of love for me and for you and for the world and to pay our debt of sin. Far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found. Joy to the world. But Christ's humility isn't the end of the story. Because we sing joy to the world, right? It begins with humility, it ends with and we see that even in, in the hymn here, in the carol, verse 9, it says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place of honor. This servant, this slave, this one who, who gave himself was then lifted up. It's, it's a way of saying when Jesus rose from the grave, he defeated all the enemies we have. He ascended to heaven. And right now, right tonight, he is in heaven, reigning supreme over the entire world universe. That's the God we celebrate tonight. And one day soon, he will return to the world. And all 7.7 billion people, close to 8 billion, will surely be there soon enough. Every one of us will bow our knee to the king. We have two options. We bow our knee to him as Lord, or we can bow to him one day as judge. But every knee will bow, friends. And my prayer for you tonight is that the wonder and the awe and the joy of Christmas would be realized if you've not yet surrendered your life to this faithful one. If you've not yet trusted him, that you would do so tonight. For all who do believe in Jesus, I look around the room here, I know a lot of friends are here, brothers and sisters in Christ, watching at home. For us that say, yes, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower. And Christmas carols enable us to worship, but they also help us to grow our faith and to put our faith into action. Good worship music and good preaching of the message do both. They inspire, and then they kind of say, let's get going, let's do it. Paul said this much when writing this in his second chapter uh, to this church. He wants to encourage them. He says, if you have any encouragement being a Christian, if, if there's any joy in being in fellowship, like look around, look at this room. Isn't this joyful to be here together? If you get anything out of this, he says, make your joy complete by putting your faith into action. And then he describes with that beautiful first Christmas carol, the humility of Christ. So friends, let's not only marvel at Jesus' one-way love, but join in living it out. Let's cultivate his kind of mindset in ourselves and model it to one another. Grandparents to parents, parents to children. Verse 5, he says, have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And so the best kind of Christmas carol merges the two together expressing our joy and awe and wonder and delight of the season, but also challenges us to do something about it. As a new year approaches, and we're coming up on two years of the pandemic. Our nerves are rattled. Our community and national bonds are a little strained. And I'm hopeful that we've turned that we are turning the corner even knowing that I believe that there will be greater challenges ahead for our nation, especially for our economy, for our schools, for what happens in our neighborhoods. If I've learned anything these past two years, it's this, that the corporate worship, being together like this, singing together, that going back to the source and opening God's word and studying His plan for us together. And then being inspired by both to go out and do something in our community together, that that is the best way to combat doubt and fear and division. So I'm going to leave you with one question that only you can answer. Who is someone in your life, right now that you can think of, someone in your life, that you could serve someone in your life that you could stoop to serve that you could humble yourself to be a servant to few things will bring or spark more joy hope, peace, love and good news witness this winter than a deliberate act of self-giving sacrifice and service for the joy of Christmas and for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Let's prepare to light our Christmas candles. We're going to have our, our ushers come and, and bring uh, the candles to you. If you keep your candle up, upright, and, and or they'll keep the lit candle upright, and you'll bring your unlit candle. And then Rob and the team will, will lead us in singing Silent Night.
1: Thank you.
3: Before you blow your candle out this evening, I want you to do me a favor. Look to your left. Now look to your right. We talk about Jesus being the reason for the season, that's true, but it's true because he loves you so much that he came into this world. You are also the reason for the season. It's because of God's love for you that he sent his son into this world. And so as you go today, go knowing that God came into this world. He sent his son. He took on flesh because he loves you. And so in the midst of everything that's going on in your life, in the midst of all the trials and the tribulations and the masks and all the things that we're facing these days, know that God came into this world for you. You, too, are the reason for this season because God's love for you is so big. And so incredible that he sent his son to make a way for you. As you go, be encouraged by that. Enjoy this season knowing that God loves you. Go in peace.